1: Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad, unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice, Samsung, more wow than ever.
2: What is up, everybody? Que tal todos? And welcome to the NHL Strategy Show. Bienvenidos al programa de, de NHL. World Cup, so you got to have you know the NHL subtitles. It is a Monday, <laughs> caffeinated. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the stochastic NHL strategy show, sponsored by BetMGM. I am your host, Josh Harris. Joining me, as always, on this adventure that always takes turns off the NHL path, Michael Clifford. How are we doing today?
1: uh not too bad not too bad um just telling you before I, I i don't know i haven't i haven't seen anyone else in over a week but i still feel like i have a cold for some reason i don't know where i would have got a cold um i don't know just that time of year i guess but uh lots of hockey today uh a little bit of world cup action we got usa kicking off right now um as we as we're uh, launching this show so uh good luck to you and uh team usa um but lots of hockey today, lots of hockey Wednesday, lots of hockey Friday, lots of hockey Saturday. Nope, not much on Tuesday and Thursday because it is Thanksgiving week. That's just the way the scheduling goes. But, uh yeah, a uh, whole boatload of games coming up uh when they do have them this week. So uh lots to talk about uh looking, looking forward.
2: Yeah, and I was actually – I'm going out to California for Thanksgiving. I was going to fly on Wednesday because, like, oh, you know – Worst travel day of the year, might as well just do it. And then I was like, oh, 15 games. Jesus. So decided to fly out on Thanksgiving because I don't like turkey. I don't really like Thanksgiving food. So we'll fly on Thanksgiving. We'll uh, maybe cook a brisket on Friday or something. But, uh, yeah, the NHL schedule, thankfully, lets up with this 12, 2, 15, 1 next week. We have, like, medium-sized slates next week. I'm excited about it. Can't wait, because as much as I love talking about 15 games in a night, it is hard to get it in in 15 or in 55 minutes without, you know, taking shortcuts. So, but while you all are here, please give us a like and subscribe. I like my likes so you can keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. If you're here, you probably already know that. If you're listening on your way home from work after the show, this is to you do that, you know, you get a nice little message. You say, you know, you're, you're on your lunch break. Go listen to some hockey. We're also available in the podcast form of the platform of your choice. Help us out by leaving a five-star review. Helps these shows stay free, which is uh, always good. Everyone loves some free stuff. So let's uh hop into this 10-gamer here. Interesting uh, slate here. There's nothing like there isn't really a massive chalk spot I would I would say like there are some spots that kind of stick out, but looking through the ownership, there isn't anything where you go, well, that ownership is so high that I think that I think I have to fade it, which is nice for a bigger slate. There's I would see some lines with double digit ownership that we'll get to, but a lot of the spots that I like don't have too much ownership outside of maybe one spot. And of course it's a late night hammer. We talked about it in the uh in the chat how miserable our lives are on late nights with these west coast games but we'll get to that when we get to that let's hop into this first game we have the boston bruins with a three total heading into tampa bay the lightning also have a three total linus olmark confirmed andre vasilevsky probable jake de sticking on that top line they switched up those lines on saturday posture knocked down that second line with Pavel zaka and david Krejci. status quo for the Lightning, it means Taylor Hall's down in the third line with Charlie Coral. This is a tough five-on-five matchup for these, these top six of both sides. Uh, and that's why you're not seeing too much ownership here. You are getting a little bit more ownership on Tampa 1 because usually Tampa sends out Paul against top comp, which means Point, Kucherov, Hagel will avoid that Bergeron matchup here. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to really be prioritizing anything on either side in one to three lineups here. But I, I think, you know, getting into 20 max, getting into 150 max, I think there's stuff to like on both sides.
1: Yeah, um, it is interesting seeing Pavel Zaka there on the second line instead of Taylor Hall. I, like, I didn't think they were really playing that poorly, but um, I guess there's something going on that the coach doesn't like. Um it, it, it's funny you mentioned the matchups, like the Krejci-Pasternak line. It's not like they've been bad defensively. Um, you know, with Hall there, it was uh, both 2.0 expected goals against per 60 minutes. Um, with Zaka there, um, maybe it gets a little bit worse, but um, Zaka and Krejci were still, um, you know, well below average uh, by expected goals against, and they're limited minutes together this year. They haven't played a ton together. So, like, I I think they're just both pretty tough matchups for both Tampa lines here. So, um, I think that's why you're seeing fairly muted uh, implied goal totals on both sides here. Uh, Like, the ownership, as you mentioned, is really, uh, well, apparently King Bacon Pie really likes Tampa or Boston. That
2: was Dobby the free elf. He must have saw leaf blow by because he's up on the stairs.
1: (laughs) Gotcha. Um, Because, yeah, there isn't much ownership here, but... Uh, Four percent on the top Tampa line, about one percent, two percent on the top Boston line. Um, Obviously, it's a lot cheaper with Jake DeBrust there instead of uh, David Pasternak. But, you know, we just look at Pasternak's last game to see um, how perilous it can be to leave him off a Boston stack. So... um, I think if you want to do anything here with Boston, it's it's the same thing that we kind of talked about uh, on the last show. It's just power play stacking them. Like if there is a weakness that Tampa Bay has, um, it is their penalty kill. It's still only about the middle of the league um, by goals against a little bit worse by expected goals against. Um, they are taking a fair amount of penalties as well. Um, about 3.7, 3.8 times shorthanded per game. That's, you know, a lot worse than the league average. Um, so I, I think you want to go probably go back to the Boston uh, power play guys, including Charlie McAvoy. So uh, I think you can mess around with any of those four forwards, Marchand, Bergeron, um, DeBrusque, Pasternak. Um, that would be the way that I would attack it here. But I'm with you. I think this is a game where I, I if I have anything from this game, it would be one-offing players. It would be a one-off David Pasternak, maybe a, a solo Charlie McAvoy, uh, maybe a one-off Kucherov or something like that. Um, but I, I don't think I'm going to have much from the Tampa Bay side here. Uh, Boston's penalty kill is just super elite. Um, that's where Tampa not as hasn't really been making a lot of hay, but that's where they can be very dangerous. They haven't really been that good with Mikhail Sergachev running the top power play. You know, I kind of wonder how much longer that's going to last. Um, so I like probably nothing for me from the Tampa Bay side, if, if anything on, Uh, the Boston side, it would be like a one-off David Pasternak, a one-off Charlie McAvoy. I think he can even do like a duo like Marchand Bergeron or something like that if you want. But uh, I I don't think like – I think I'm going to be going single entry here tonight. I don't think there's uh, a full line that I'm going to stack on either side here.
2: Yeah, I like the Charlie McAvoy call. Let's get to that blue line. He's only 5,700. He's coming off a a four-assist game where he also had the shot bonus. I think he had seven shots on goal. He was firing the puck. It was nice to see for that price, I think, you know, he's fine to one off if you're in that range. Other than that, you know, not much there, really. And on, on the Tampa side, there's just, you know, just nothing that, that really jumps off the page.
1: Yeah, I agree, especially where, like, prices just don't seem that reasonable, like six thousand five hundred. Uh, Victor Hedman over on DraftKings like now that he's on power play two, he's not really shooting a lot I think he's down like 2.2 2.3 shots per game this year um that's a pretty big problem so uh yeah I do like McAvoy I think Brandon Carlo uh could be fine over on DraftKings um he's one of those uh super cheap defensemen you know he's getting 18-19 minutes he can definitely get the block bonus if he gets the block bonus in like one shot on goal Um, he'd be just fine for uh, at 2700, so I don't mind him there. Um, I I, I don't think I'll be paying up for either the Tampa expensive Tampa Bay demon, though.
2: Agreed, there. So let's move on to the next one. We have the Edmonton Oilers with a 3.0 total heading into New Jersey. The Unstoppable Devils have a 3.6 total. Stu Skinner, probable Vitek Vanacek, also probable for the Devils. Looks like Holla is with Hughes and Bratt, Tatar, Heisher, Fabian Zetterlin, third line of Sharon Govich, Bachquist, Mercer. The TACN mark's still on the top line for the Oilers, uh, second line of Nugent Hopkins, Drysaddle, and uh, McLovin, Will, uh Warren Fogle. I I always talk about it. Lower Owen McDavid always gives me the heebie-jeebies, but... Um, I, you know, at that ownership, I, you know, and how like Ryan Nugent Hopkins is fairly priced. Like Zach Hyman's up at 6,900. I think, you know, Edmonton power play stack, some sort of Edmonton power play stack, even though the devils have been pretty good this season. They've actually been really good this season. They've won 12 in a row is fine for GPPs just because, you know, Connor McDavid at 5% always scares me on the devil side. He sure goes out against that McDavid line. I have a lot of interest in Hughes and Brat tonight. I just, you know, their ownership right now is around six, seven percent. I just don't want to see it creep up into double digits, double digits throughout the day.
1: Yeah, I I do want to start on the Edmonton side here. Like, I don't think that second line doesn't look very good to me with Dreisaitl, uh and Nugent Hopkins and, and Warren Fogle. Um, whenever Fogle uh, and Drysaitel have played together over the last, you know. I guess a couple seasons, but I would say since Jay Woodcroft took over in February of last year, took over uh, as coach. um, They have about 60 minutes together and they're only generating 46 shot attempts per 60 minutes, which is pretty bad. Um, That's uh, they're just not generating anything. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins, um, he's good on the power play. He's good enough at five on five, but he's not going to be a huge offensive driver on that line. So um, I, I think that, Edmonton matchup uh, dry sidle against that Jack Hughes line could be very advantageous for Hughes and Brad. It's uh, the Edmonton top line. It's weird how Zach Hyman's season has worked out because if you look at his shot rates with McDavid and without McDavid, it's night and day. Like he's literally taking twice as many shot attempts when he's on McDavid's wing than he's when he's on dry wing. Um, it's kind of sucks that Hyman's price really hasn't come down that much, it's still 6,900, so it's very expensive. But, um, it's a brutal five on five matchup going up against his year, Fabian Zetterlin and and Thomas Tatar. Um, they've been absolutely uh, electric um, defensively so far this year 1.5 expected goals against in 110 minutes together, um, 0.5 actual goals against as the goaltending has really held up. So, I think if, if they're going to get there, I agree with you. What's going to be on the power play. So like, I think I would just two man, um, McDavid and Hyman or something like that. Um, but I don't know if this is a game where I would, I would be running out to play, uh, Edmonton, the Edmonton power play. Like New Jersey has a top 10 penalty kill and they're not really taking a lot of penalties. They're at, like 3.2, 3.3 times shorthanded per game, which is, uh, under the league average. So, um, I think I, I'm more on the New Jersey side here because Edmonton is a heavily penalized team. They're taking uh, 4.1 times shorthanded so far this season. I think the league average is at about 3.4. So, you know, over 20% uh, worse than the league average uh, in penalties per game. So um, it's the New Jersey power play guys that I like. I mean, it's Hughes and Brat in particular that I like going up against that Leon Trisadle line. Um, Hughes and Bratt. Have been very good together that line uh so far this year with uh Eric Haller. 3.4 expected goals generated. Jack Hughes still taking a lot of shots. Ice time has come down a little bit lately. He's been closer to around 19 minutes than he has like 21 plus that we've seen in Matt times this year. But uh with the way Edmonton takes penalties, um, you know, with a, a somewhat depleted lineup and like that top line just hasn't been that good defensively for the Oilers 3.9 expected goals against so far this season. Um, so like, I think his, that his year line is fine as well, but I would want the two guys on the power play uh, with Hughes and Brad. I think you're fine. to just power play stack the devils here, honestly, um, you know, in the hopes that they do get four or five power plays in this game. So it's, uh, Hughes, it's Hughes and Brett, and you know, throwing Eric Hall if you want that I like the most. But it's probably some sort of power play stack from the New Jersey side that I would be leaning towards here. And ownerships coming in just fine, five percent on the top on the year line, about six to seven percent uh, on DraftKings anyway. Uh, on the on that Hughes line, maybe they come in a little bit higher. But this is a three point six total at home uh, against a team that takes a lot of penalties. I really do like the New Jersey power play here.
2: Yeah, and I think that ownership may come in fairly accurate because at times when hughes and brad have been really popular hughes was in like the low sixes brat was in the high fours low fives they're a bit pricey so you know maybe they stay where they're at and let's move to that blue line dougie hamilton 7k i think is one of my favorite plays on the blue line tonight especially if you know edmonton does live up to their penalized self and the devils do get four or five power plays so dougie hamilton interesting i'm interested in dougie tonight ryan graves as well at 3,400. His price seems just to not move. He, like, just goes from 31 to 34 to 30. Like, he's always in that 31 to 34 range, and it's perfectly fine. On the Edmonton side, probably just Evan Bouchard, maybe Cody Ceci if he wants some shot blocks.
1: Yeah, Cody Ceci was kind of the guy I was thinking of because this feels like a game where he might have to block a lot of shots. Like, New Jersey, I think they're still first in the league in, in shot attempts generated per 60 minutes, so – CC at 3,600, he definitely could get the block bonus. Obviously, you want more from him for 3,600, but uh, it seems like he probably has a good blocks floor uh, for this game. I'll mention Damon Severson. Um, He's not getting a lot of ice time, like 17, 18 minutes or whatever, but he's all the way down to 2,500. And that New Jersey second power play unit does get some ice time. Um, So 2,500 running the second power play against a team that could take a lot of penalties. I think Severson's one of the mid-punts that I like today.
2: I know we just talked about the Devils, but do you have any interest in Stuart Skinner at 7,300?
1: Yeah, I think he's one of the cheap goalies that people should be targeting here. Um, The Devils do generate a lot of volume. uh, The Oilers aren't very good defensively. Um, I think there's a reasonable chance he sees that shot bonus. Just a matter of whether he lets in two goals or six goals. um, He could sink you, but I think he he does have a lot of upside here
2: tonight. The age-old question. Volume is king, but... Volume might suck if you let five in. But yeah, anyway, I
1: mean, volume, volume can kill <laughs> yeah. by the same token.
2: Double-edged sword. Let's move on to the next one. <sighs> Let's see how the Flames can screw this one up. Calgary Flames, 3.5 total heading into Philadelphia. The Flyers have a 2.5 total. Jacob Markstrom confirmed. Carter Hart also confirmed. Travis Konechny still out. There's some other injuries as well. Yeah. Um, Flyers going with the top line of Joel Farabee, Morgan Frost, Owen Tippett. Second line of Kevin Hayes, Noah Cates, Zach McEwen. Quite the top six there. Ruzichka still on the top line. Of Lindholm, Toffoli, Dubé, Kadri Mangiapane, Huberto, Backlund, Coleman. <sighs> Looking like all three Flames lines here are going to have some ownership. I'm not really sure where I would want to go go here i like i wanted to play huberto backland but like they're coming in at almost if not more ownership than Lindholm to foley so i think lynn home to foley would be my preferred option there and on the flyer side like i don't think i'm full stacking anything i might you know end up one-offing someone just because markstrom hasn't been great and their prices are okay like a one-off morgan frost or an own tippet or a noah cates because he's on the top power play 2900 what are you seeing?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Noah, Noah Cates was the one guy that st- stood out. Uh, Owen Tippett, he's been shooting a lot lately. So yeah, like he was, an, he's an definitely another guy I would one off as well, but yeah, I, I agree with you. There's not a line on the flyer side that I'm stacking. Um, on the flame side, it would, I would probably just go right back to that Ruzica, Linholm Foley line. Um, you know, Morgan Frost, Joel Faraby, Owen Tippett, top line, like whether or not they actually get uh top line matchups, I don't think it matters. Like, whether it's Farabee and Frost or whether it's Hayes and Cates, like, I don't think the matchup really matters that much for the Calgary top line. Uh, and that top line has been very good. Um, you know, 4.6 expected goals generated. It's still just 55 minutes played, but they've been dom- like dominating the shot attempt differentials as well. Like That top line has just been very, very good since Adam Ruzicka um, got added. They're not getting a lot of ice time. Um, Ruzicka probably around 14, 15 minutes. Maybe you'll get Lindholm up around 19 and then Tofoli somewhere in between that but it's kind of the case for every Calgary line right like i, w- I was looking over their last three games Michael Backlund and Elias Lindholm both around the 19 minute mark uh Backlund a little bit more um, and then Huberto Tofoli Kadri you know 16 to 18 and then the rest of the guys like 12 to 14 like they're really just playing their centers a lot and then you know just kind of fl- you know their top 3 centers anyways and then just floating the wingers through um I think that's why you're seeing such heavy ownership on Huberto Backlund and Coleman like Backlund's leading them in ice time <laughs> amongst their forwards in the last three games and he's you know quote the third line center so I think I would probably just want to get away from the ownership get the power play guys go Lindholm to Foley add Ruzichka if you want I think Ruzic is fine to leave off for now um he's shooting 33 or something like that like Eventually, he's got to just, you know, take a Shane Pinto and, and go a few games without a goal here. So um, I think it's Linhold to Foley. And then, you know, if you want to add in Huberto because he's reasonably cheap, I think that's fine. Rasmus Anderson on the blue line, you can do that as well. Um, it's just I think it's the top line I like. Um, just they've been playing extremely well. We will get a reasonable amount of minutes and um, the ownership, I think, will be more in our favor than dipping down to the less less expensive guys.
2: Yeah, agreed, and I'm just concerned at some point they're just going to go back to Huberto, Lindholm, home to Foley, so leaving off Ruzichka makes some sense, especially if you put in Huberto because he's 4,400 on the top power play here. Let's move to the blue line. Rasmus Anderson running the top power play at 5K is fine, I guess. Noah Hannifin 4,900. He's the peripherals guy. Like Mackenzie Wiegart, 4,100, interests me as well. On the flyer side, it's probably Sanheim for me, and that's probably it. I, I guess, like, Tony D'Angelo is fine. I just – I don't know. I There's probably others that are a bit cheaper that I'd rather play.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, the thing with Tony D is that he's – I think he's cracked the 30-minute mark twice in his last five games or something like that. Like, he's averaging 28 minutes a game of late. I mean, there's a couple overtime games in there, but – um, He's just playing a lot, a lot as that third pair just really isn't seeing much ice time. So there is an ice time, uh, you know, factor here with D'Angelo, but the Flames, you you want D'Angelo in the good power play spots. And yeah, the Flames do take a lot of penalties, but they also have a really, really good penalty kill. And, you know, with Konechny out and, you know, Atkinson's out and Van Riemsdyk's out and et cetera, et cetera. It's like, eventually they're going to run out of goal scorers to have on that top power play. So I think, yeah, it's just probably just Travis Sanheim that I like uh, from the Flyers' side. Noah Hannafin, still putting up tons of peripherals, uh, still relatively cheap. Um, I think he's fine um, if, you, if you're not playing Rasmus Anderson in, in Calgary stacks.
2: Concur. As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by BetMGM. We've got a new promo for you since it's World Cup time. Bet $10 and win $200 if any team scores a goal during the World Cup. Now, I have confirmed... We have confirmed that if a if the game ends zero zero, uh, you know, and the person signing up followed the steps as outlined in the terms, they'll receive their free bets. They just worded it that way for marketing purposes, which I understand. So all you got to do is click the link in the description or the pinned comment uh, to sign up. Bets must be on the pre-game money line. Uh, it's available in everywhere except for New York, Pennsylvania, Mississippi, and Ontario um after you know it's available from now until december 4th after the two-week period is up the offer will be only available in kansas illinois and louisiana so it's easy enough sign up bet ten dollars get two hundred dollars in free bets if any team scores a goal or the game ends zero zero got to be pre-game money line easy enough world cup who doesn't like betting on the world cup i have a couple bets today on the world cup game so let's do it let's move on to the next one New York Islanders, 2.8 total, heading into Toronto. The Maple Leafs have a 3.6 total. Ilya Sorokin, Eric Calgren confirmed in net. Leafs going back to bunting Matthews, Nylander, Kerfoot, Tavares, Marner. Barzell broke his scoring drought this season, scoring two goals the last game. Now this isn't the best matchup. I just, like, the Leafs' top line not getting extreme ownership for them. I just don't like the way that these lines are constituted. Like, Marner with Tavares, not good historically. Matthews with Nylander, not great historically. This isn't a very good power play spot. They're facing Sorokin. Dare I say, I'm probably just fading this game. Yeah, I... I wonder how
1: long these lines are going to stay together. Because this, because Matthews with Nylander and Tavares with Marners, how they started the game on Saturday against Buffalo, and they went away from it after, like, two shifts. And then they scored three goals by the end of the period and ended up winning 5-2. So they started the game with this lineup, changed it, smashed Buffalo, and then are going back to the lineup that they started the game. Like, anyways, that's why, like, I think if you do anything with Toronto – it does have to be some sort of power play stack. Cause I don't, I don't have any confidence that Matthews Nylander um, skate together for the entire game and that Tavares and Marner skate together for the entire game. So like, I I, I think, you know, I, I'm not sure that I would go out and play bunting Matthews Nylander. Like if I do it, it'd probably be, you know, Matthews Nylander Marner's or Matthews Tavares Marner or something like that. Um, even though, like you said, this is a pretty bad power play spot. The Islanders have uh, an elite penalty kill. Don't really take a lot of penalties um, around a league average, a little bit under, I think. Um, Elias Sorokin's playing pretty well this year. Um, and as you mentioned, Matt, like Matthews and Nylander and Tavares and Marner don't have good numbers. Like they don't have good finishing numbers going back a couple of years. In their small sample this year, both lines are underwater by shot attempt share. Like, there are some expected goals metrics that are, are in their favor, but they're small samples. I'm just going by shot attempts, and they've both been out-attempted uh, in their minutes, which is why I'm wondering if they're going back to the lines they got away from. But anyways, um, and the other thing that bothers me is Austin Matthews' ice time. Um, He's a guy that we could generally rely on for at least 20 minutes a night, sometimes 21-plus. He played 14 uh, on Saturday night. Two games before that, he played 15:50 uh in two games and the game before that so three out of the last four games he's played under 17 minutes um you know under 17 if he plays 17 minutes in a bad power play spot against Ilya Sorokin like I think it's I, I'm with you this is a situation where I'll probably just pass on the leaks. um not a good not a good pp spot uh Sorokin in net can't rely on the lines um Even the lines that they do have, I don't think are that good. I think they're better than the Islanders, but I don't think they're that good. Um, It feels bad to say, but I think this is a spot where I'm with you. I would probably just uh, stay away from uh, full stacking the Leafs, at least in single entry. Obviously, if you're playing, you know, 50 lineups or 150 lineups or something like that, you're probably going to have a little bit of them. But, um, you know, where the ownership is still coming in around 10% on a 10-game slate for that top line, And we're not sure that the last pass, the first five minutes of the game, um, I think I would just stay away from Toronto here. On the Islanders' side, like, there are some guys I don't kind of mind one-offing in this game. Um, You know, Brock Nelson's still shooting a lot. Um, They're going up in that second line against Tavares and Marner. I don't think they're going to be – like, that's not a line that really scares me um, defensively. Um, I think he's just fine. Um, Kyle Palmieri down on the third line um he's a guy that can score uh only 3100 on DraftKings, getting some meaningful some meaningful power play minutes not a lot like I think that's fine I think this is just a game where I'm picking one-offs I don't know if there's a line on either side that I'm full stacking I, I just can't trust the Leafs at this point if somebody else can um all the power to you hope it works out for you tonight but I'm not going in that direction
2: yeah I just like this is surprisingly one of my least favorite games on the slate like yeah one off Nelson's fine. One off Barzell's fine. If you want a two man Nelson and Lee? If you still believe in Lee, I guess that's fine. Like Tavares Marner just don't like any line with Kerfoot just isn't great anyway. And then Tavares and Marner aren't great together anyway. So yeah, if you want to go to Islanders too, like in in your MME mix, I think that's fine. Like one to three, I think I'll just limit it to like a Brock Nelson one off something like that. Let's move on to the blue line. Noah Dobson I think is fine. Like I. Kind of like Dobson a little bit more than Tony D. Like, neither, guys, I'm going out of my way to put in my lineup. But I, if I happen to be in that range, I don't mind it. Adam, uh, Adam Pellick, 3,800, also fine. Ryan Pulock down below 4K. On the leaf side, I think it's Mark Giordano who scored that shorthanded goal that didn't go in the net. I think he's also fine at 3,600. Jordy Ben up to 4,500. I just – I think it's just Giordano.
1: Yeah, uh, Giordano I, I do like. I should mention – Toronto also changed their defense pairs in the last game. They moved Justin Hall to the top pair with Morgan Riley. Now they're expected to go back to the old pairings that they had um, at the the start of the game uh, for this game. So like, I'm not sure Hall's going to play 24 minutes like he did in the last one. Um, But it's just interesting to know because he is under 3K and he had a lot of ice time in their last game. I just wonder um, if that's going to happen here again. Yeah, there's just not a lot that that I like here uh, on the blue line. Um, I think uh, on the Islander side, probably going to want to look for blocks. Um, In that case, um, you know, Pelican Pulak both block a fair amount. Alexander Romanoff obviously blocks a ton, but I'm not sure he brings anything other than that.
0: Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid.
3: and use code GET100, that's code GET100, at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy.
1: He's probably in that Cody CC category where there's a, I think there's a good chance he hits a block bonus, but I'm just not sure that he gets a lot more than that. And that 3,700, I think is a little bit too expensive.
2: I agree there. Let's move on to a uh, interesting game here in Canada. Where I thought there wasn't an airport for a few years, but <laughs> it was a joke. The Carolina Hurricanes at a 3.3 total heading into Winnipeg. The Jets have a 2.6 total. Pyotr Kochetkov is probable for the Hurricanes. Big save, Dave, Dave Riddick in net for Winnipeg, which is interesting that it's not Heli Buck. <laughs> I, know I, I know I say Helly Buck wrong, but it just feels good off the tongue. Sam Gagne still on the top line with Scheifele and Connor. Cole Perfetti pierre Lock, Dubois, Blake Lear on that second line. Stefan the Nose is still up on the top line with Aho, ne- uh, Netchev, Svechnikov, Kokniemi, Jarvis. I, at some point, I feel like the Hurricanes are going to trade for Bo Horvat and just move Kokniemi down. Um, as it is, like I don't know if I'm full stacking anything on the Carolina side. I prefer the Carolina side here, especially now that it's Riddick and Net. I just, I don't know if I want to full stack. I probably just take bits and pieces from the power play and call it a day.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'm going to say I'm, I'm out on the jets here uh, for a couple reasons. Um, one, one thing we talk about often with Winnipeg is that they send out that uh, Connor Shifley and Gagne line uh, against the opposing third line. Um, sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll be out against, you know, all the lines at some point, but most of the time they're out uh, against opposing third lines Um, They do that to try to give them better matchups. Unfortunately, when you play the Carolina Hurricanes and you go out against the third line, that means you're facing Jordan Stahl and uh, Jesper Fast. And for, I don't know, since Fast has been there, they've been one of the best uh, shutdown lines in the league. Like, it's just an absolutely brutal matchup for that Winnipeg top line. Um, And Carolina's penalty kill, not as good as it was last year, but still good. Um, I think, you know, I think you're perfectly fine to stay away from that Winnipeg top line. The Winnipeg second line, I think Winnipeg 2 is kind of playable here. Um, Carolina's second line doesn't really scare me uh, defensively. They just don't have a sample that we can really uh, uh, go off of. And that's kind of a problem here because in their small sample, Carolina 2 does have pretty good defensive numbers. I'm just kind of surprised by that. but historically yes Barrycock and yemi said jarvis just haven't played well together um that's kind of one of the reasons why i don't mind winnipeg two here like if i were to stack anything it would probably be like a two-man of like dubois and wheeler or something like that because Cole feed is just not shooting the puck uh, and that's a real problem uh, for his fantasy values so i think if anything on the winnipeg side it's a two-man of dubois and wheeler but honestly there's just not a lot i like there on the carolina side the top line's been pretty good. Uh, not really a big sample to work with, which is a problem. Um, but they have been generating a lot of offense and they're limited minutes together. Um, you get you do get Ajo and Nate just both uh, on the top um, power play unit together as well. But well, Winnipeg's penalty kill has been improving uh, since the start of the season. Um, and it's just been pretty good on the season as a whole only 4.6 expected go- or actual goals against per 60 minutes this year. Um, that's right in line with it's pretty close to that Islanders team that we just talked about and how bad of a power play matchup it was for the Leafs. So um, I don't think it's really a good power play matchup for either side here. So um, I think if anything on the Carolina side, again, it would be kind of one-offing uh, players. Um, I think a one-off Sebastian Ajo is just fine. I think a one-off uh, Andre Svechnikov is just fine. Um, now that said Jarvis, I know I just said, it's not a good power play matchup, but, um, just look at his price on DraftKings. It's 2,900. Um, now that he's priced so cheap and on the top power play unit, I think he's fine as a salary saving one off. That's just kind of where I am here. I think a Dubois wheeler two man is, is defensible. I'm not going to play it, but it is defensible to play, uh, on the Carolina side, it'd be one offing some players. Um, you know, if you want to go with the power play one guys, I think you can do that. So, you know, Aho and Natchez or Aho and Sveshnikov or, um, you know, Aho and Aches and Jarvis, whatever you want to do. I think that would be the direction if I full stack anything. But other than that, it's probably just one offs.
2: Yeah, I do think the power play, like, yeah, it's not the best spot. But Dave Riddick is a fairly steep drop off from Connor Hellebuck, um, one of the bigger ones in the NHL. So, you know, I think, you know, at that ownership getting in some power play guys. I wouldn't go crazy, like full-on power play stack, the Hurricanes, but going like Ajo, Neches, Burns, Jarvis, Svechnikov, Ajo, I think is perfectly fine. So let's get to that blue line. Brent Burns, 6,700. I think he's fine. Brady Shea, Brett Pesci, Jacob Slavin, all in the three Ks, all preference of your price points and styles. I, you know, I think Slavin and Pesci would be the preferred for me. On the Winnipeg side, Nate Schmidt, Brennan Dillon, that's about it.
1: I, we should mention Vili Hainola uh, will be in the lineup on the blue line right. for Winnipeg <laughs> here tonight. Um, he hasn't played in the NHL yet this year. He's, uh, they're top def- he's Winnipeg's top defense prospect. He was drafted there three years ago in 2019, I think, and uh, made it to the NHL in his first year uh, in 2019-20, but hasn't been able to stay there consistently. He's been playing a lot in the AHL. 2,500, I mean, I I think he's definitely playable uh, at a mince. You know, if you need a $2,500 defenseman uh, on DraftKings here tonight, I just don't know how much ice time he's going to get. Like, I think he he genuinely might be around 13 or 14 minutes, and that's a problem. But just want to mention him. I think my favorite uh, play in this game is Brett Pesci at 3,300.
2: For sure. So let's get to the next game where we do have a pretty chalky line here. Anaheim Ducks with a 2.6 total staying in St. Louis. I guess they played St. Louis the other night and they're still there. Jordan Bennington confirmed. John Gibson confirmed. Here's the issue Tara Sanko's out. Kairou's still on the top line. They're fully correlated. And on DraftKings, they're 13,500. And they broke the slate on Saturday. So, <laughs> 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 ah, yeah. This is like the one question mark where you want to do like yeah like they're not like 21,000 where like I'm coming in at 20% where it's expensive chalk and if they kind of bust you're screwed but like at 135 they really only need like one full line goal plus whatever shots they get to hit their value they're coming in you know 13 14% on the duck side <sighs> The Ducks, okay, so Mason McTavish started the line on the sec- on the second line with Vitrano and Strom. Then he got moved down fairly quickly because they were getting absolutely run over by the Thomas Kuchnevich line. He got moved down to the fourth line and still at the Ducks in, in time on ice for their wingers. I don't know what they're doing there, but McTavish did play over 18 minutes. I don't know where he'll be tonight, probably on the fourth line. Uh, Ducks top line would probably be where I go on the Ducks. But the big question in this game is what are you doing with the Thomas line?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a pretty good question because I think there's a pretty good chance they come in as the highest own line on the slate tonight, even with cheap Nashville lines at home to Arizona that we're going to get to uh, in the next game. Um, you know, that line is perfectly correlated on the power play, uh, and they have been good together, and Anaheim's penalty kill is pretty bad. Um, I I th- think they're fine to play. Um, I know we have them as one of the biggest negative leverage spots uh, here on the slate, but, I mean, they have been playing some more minutes. Like, I'm pretty sure Pavel Bucinavich has been around 19 to 20 minutes uh, of late, which is a lot more than he was playing earlier in the season. Um, you know, Jordan Kairou, he's... Starting the the assists are starting to pile up. That was one thing about him earlier in the season. He he went a like eight, nine, ten games or something without an assist or something like that. That start you know that lock is is starting to turn around. Um, the problem is it's like St. Louis doesn't really draw a lot of power plays. Uh, I think it's they're at two point seven per game so far this year, which is considerably worse than league average. Um, it's just that the Anaheim penalty kill is just so bad. Like. And it's a good matchup. Like, they're going to get that strom Vetrano uh, line uh, as an in-game matchup. Um, you know, that Anaheim second line, 3.3 expected goals against so far this year. Oh, and
2: they dude. just got ran over
1: on Saturday.
2: Yeah. But uh, um, and, uh,
1: like, I'm, I think they're, they're going to move Jacob – they could have Jacob Silverberg there to start the game. I don't know if that's going to help them, really. Um, they could. He has been good defensively at times in his career. Um, has kind of fallen off of late. I, I, like, I think St. Louis, I think that Thomas tereschenko or Thomas Teresenko, Thomas Cairo buchenevich line is, is perfectly fine. Like, I I know they're, they are going to come in with a lot of ownership, but they are in one of the best spots on the slate. I, I think if you want to fade them, because I think they could come in close to 20% here, um, I think you're perfectly fine to fade them. Um, it's just, it is, you know, arguably as good a spot as it is against Arizona, maybe even better. Um, considering how bad that Ducks penalty kill really has been this year. So I, I do like the line. Um, they are uh, going to come in heavily owned because they're so cheap in such a good spot. But I, I think even still, you're just perfectly fine to play them and going right back to that. Well, um, if you want to go to the, to that Ryan O'Reilly line instead, I think you can do that. Um, they are, not really going to come in like they're not going to come in super high owned, especially with Josh Levo there. Uh, I think you're going to have people have Levo leave uh, left off that line. Uh, sorry. Um, so I think you can three man stack that if you want to get away from what should be a pretty high owned St. Louis line, but uh, there's no argument that that's Thomas uh, Neighbor's line. It's just in such a good spot with such a good price that it, they're really hard to ignore. So, uh, I, I haven't made a firm decision either way yet, but if somebody wants to play them, like I, I can't say no, like this isn't the Columbus blue jackets, right? This is actually like a pretty good line, um, at home in a pretty good spot at all strengths. So yeah, I do like them here on the, as far as the Anaheim top line goes, like, I think they're fine to play, but Brandon sod and Ryan O'Reilly have really started to play a lot better defensively of late. Um, St. Louis really doesn't take a lot of penalties. Um, I think they're the lowest in the league for time shorthanded per game at 2.3. So even though they have a bad penalty kill, they might only be on the penalty kill like twice in this game because Anaheim doesn't really draw a lot of penalties either. Um, I think Anaheim top line is fine. Um, I'm not sure if I would, if I say like they're like a sneaky contrarian stack or anything like that. It is a tough spot against Ryan O'Reilly, but... Uh, if you're playing a bunch of lineups, I think Anaheim one is a line you definitely have to consider.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I like In one to three, I've been playing that Ducks top line a fair bit recently. I just don't know if I'm going to get there tonight. And just to add on to your point with St. Louis one, if you are on them and you are worried about ownership, like I think it's fine as long as there's plenty of ways to get different on this slate. Like if you're like, we talk about it. Ownership's not a, tell-all, be-all type of thing is just, you know, you kind of worry if you're going to be with, you know, 20% of the field on a big slate. I just think there are plenty of ways to get different.
1: Yeah, especially where they're so cheap, right? Like, they, it just gives you so much roster flexibility everywhere else. Like, you can go and play Roman Yosti and still have a pretty good secondary line. Or you can just go ahead and play Boston Power Play with David Pasternak or, you know, whatever you want to do. Like, it gives you a lot of roster flexibility. And I, I wouldn't worry about like the ownership so much quote unquote I would just worry that they come in considerably higher owned um, than they should be like their chance to be a top two stack here tonight um, yeah. that's just kind of the problem but if they hit um, there's going to be a lot of people that have them so if you don't uh, it'll be an early night for you
2: yeah so let's move to the blue line now the power play defenseman that correlates with that Thomas Tarasenko or Thomas Kyrou line. Is Tori Krug not a huge fan of his? His lat like he got there in the last game. That was his fourth double-digit DraftKings points performance this season. Fourth. I don't think he's necessary if you want to add him in because he's forty-four hundred and that you know you get that whole four-man power play stack there for seventeen-nine. I think that's fine, but like again, not necessary. Like. He's only had four double-digit DraftKings points games. This season, I think, you know, not too much on the Blues blue line. Cam Fowler, fine at 3,700. As long you know, he's on that top power play. He's been getting assists. At that price, I think he's fine. And, oh, by the way, Dmitry Kulikov, combo meal on Saturday, just out of nowhere. But he's still 3,700. I think he's fine.
1: Yeah, I think Cam Fowler would probably be the guy because, you know, even if they don't get a lot of power plays, he is on that top power play unit, and the St. Louis penalty kill has been pretty bad. Um, I don't think there's going to be anything for me from the St. Louis side other than Krug because he is on that top power play unit. Um, Colton Pareko may be back tonight. They said he's a game-time decision, and if he's back, like, it's going to be fewer minutes for Mikola. It's going to be fewer minutes for Falk, et cetera, et cetera. So um, probably just Kruger, nothing for me on the, on the blue side.
2: Get access to our World Cup soccer package for the entire tournament for just $24.95. That's a savings of over 60% off the weekly price. Sign up now and take advantage of the full benefit of the month-long package. What do you get? You get projections for every game for DraftKings and FanDuel. Ownership projections for main slate contest, showdown projections for large game contest, premium player usage, premium Discord. I know nothing about soccer now. It used to be really into soccer i just it's kind of fallen off recently i was in the discord this morning asking some questions was able to build a lineup and if you're already a platinum member you'll have full access to them already and if you want access to our projections and the fantasy cruncher add-on there is a second link in there for 60 dollars for the entire world cup just click the link in the description use promo code world cup 2022 let's move on to another crazy good spot Arizona Coyotes, 2.5 total. Heading into Nashville, the Predators have a 3.5 total. Vijmelka, probable. UC Soros confirmed. Nick Schmaltz, Jacob Chikrin back for the Coyotes. Predators running back the same lines that they've had recently. This is an excellent power play spot for the Predators. Not the worst power play spot for the Coyotes. Connor Ingram actually just got confirmed as I was talking about it. So Connor Ingram in net for the coyotes, which I think makes the Nashville power play spot even better. (sighs) The problem is like, I just don't really want to full stack that top line. I don't really want to full stack that second line. If anything, I think it's just like one, like two Manning, like a Forsberg Yossi or doing like a Nita Ryder, do but Like, It's a 3.5 total, excellent power play spot. I just don't like their power play units. I don't like their even strength lines. So I'll probably just take bits and pieces from the power play and stack those on the Coyote side. It is interesting that Schmaltz is back. That will help them on the top line. That being said, he doesn't have an injury discount. He is 5K. He is on the top line with Clayton Keller. So if you're getting – down to the nitty-gritty of your 150 lineups, I think you can have a little bit of that Arizona top line. In one to three, I probably am just straight-up fading the Coyotes.
1: Yeah, I, it was interesting to see so much ownership on Ryan Johansson and Neo Niederreiter. Um, looks like they're going to be coming in double digits because of the price and matchup. Like, Rider and Johansson haven't played that well together this year. Um, 165 minutes together, 2.7 expected goals against per 60 minutes, only 47 so about 48% of the expected goal share, like underwater by expected goal share. Um, So this is a line that um has been, you know, below 50% expected goal share. And I know it's Arizona, but do I want to play a line that hasn't been playing that well, regardless of matchup um, at 10 to 12%, uh, maybe even more, who knows uh, when it's all said and done on a 10 game slate? where they might not get a lot of ice time. They might only get 14, 15, 16 minutes of ice time. Um, it's not as if the Arizona penalty kill has been that bad. Um, tenth by goals against so far this season, like just behind teams like Dallas and New Jersey, um, you know, Connor Ingram might change things a little bit there, but um, it's the problem is, is that Arizona just takes a ton of penalties. Um, like, uh, uh 4.1 uh time shorthanded per game that's a big big problem for them um but you know when they're when they're actually on the penalty kill they're actually not that bad so i think like i'm staying away from that johansson duchene line for sure nashville 1 is a little bit interesting to me um they've looked fine in their minutes together but like not great They're going up against that Arizona top line. Like I'm assuming it's going to be Schmaltz, Keller, and Boyd. Who knows what the lineup is actually going to be. Um, Arizona just doesn't really provide a lot of updates for their lines.
2: No reason to, really.
1: Yeah, but just Keller and um, Schmaltz um, have been pretty good together. Like 2.6 goals, expected goals for, 2.9 expected goals against, and over 500 minutes together um, this year and last year that's not that far off from the Nashville second line that's coming in at 10, 11% ownership. And you know, this Nashville's top line is coming in sub 1%. Um, I'm not playing Arizona, but I'm, I'm just saying I don't really see a big difference between the Arizona top line and that jo- Johansson to line. Like I really don't. Um, so if anything, it would be Nashville one for me. Um, I just, I think I'm with you. I think this is just a spot where I'd be looking for one offs. Like, I think there's just going to be a lot of ownership here. And it's not, it's not, it's like it's a good spot, but it, like I think this might actually be, I think they, I'd rather face the Anaheim Ducks Arizona, Arizona, uh, to be honest, um, just because of the penalty kill uh, situation. So I think one offs from either side, um, one off Forsberg, um, one off, um, you know, if you want to play Parson as a one off, I guess that's fine. Um, Roman Yossi, especially on the blue line, but
2: yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of this game compared to the Blues as well. Like, do shame is up on the top line there on the top power play. Then that's a different discussion, but just the way the lines are, it's just, it's not great. So let's move to the blue line. Jacob Chipkin back, no injury discount there as well, 6,300. I have to wait and see on him. It's really just going to be Yossi or Ekholm for me, maybe Josh Brown.
1: Yeah, um Yossi for sure at home. Uh obviously, I think Chikrin is playable. Um, if you want to get a guy that's probably gonna be, you know, low single-digit ownership, even though he's expensive. He can put up a lot of peripherals. He's like a Noah Dobson type, I guess. Um, maybe you don't want to play him his first game back though.
2: Yep. Four games left, about eight minutes to get through him. Colorado Avalanche, three total, Dallas Stars, three point one total. Alexander Yorgiev, Jake Ottinger confirmed, Rupe hints game time decision. Dallas 1 as it is getting double digit ownership here with a question mark about hints That has me interested in the Colorado side here. They're getting less ownership. fences is out. I'll definitely have some more interest in Colorado 1.
1: Yeah, it the if you want to play Dallas 1 on DraftKings, Rope hints is 5800, I think. Um now if he's out I don't know who would play center, but Jamie Benn's 4,400 and on the top power play unit and also a center. So, worst comes to worst, there is a late swap to go to. You'll be leaving salary on the table, but there is a swap that you can go to that makes sense for Dallas. So, I think Dallas won. I think they're perfectly fine to play here, and I wonder if they come in fairly low-owned. Like, we have them 10% ownership now. I wonder if they come in fairly low-owned with people being scared of hints not playing and this being a later start. So I think Dallas one makes sense here. Like Colorado's top line, they play so much. I'm wondering if they're starting to get a bit worn down because their expected goals against just keeps rising and rising with every passing game. Um, their goaltending has really been saving them, but the Colorado penalty kill um, is also pretty bad. Um, I in the Dallas power play arguably the best top power play in the league. So. I, like I I agree with you I think Dallas or Colorado one is perfectly acceptable to use here especially where Colorado themselves has a have a really good power play and Dallas is one of the most penalized teams in the league um, but I think with people probably staying away uh, from hints a little bit here because they're worried and they're also being a late swap that you can go to if you have to get away from hints I think it's the Dallas top line that I like the most here. Um, they're, I think they're going to come in lower owned than the 10% that we're showing. And like I said, there's a late swap you can get to with Jamie Ben.
2: Yeah, I actually do agree with that. Like with hints being a game time decision. And if he's ruled out moving Jamie Ben up, you're going to get a pretty low owned combo here. Jamming Ben, top power play as well. He's having a great, he's on pace for 90 something points this season, which is just insane for Jamie Ben in 2022. But moving to the blue line. Miro Heiskanen 6200s okay I guess. Esselundell um, is probably still the guy for me on the Colorado side. it's Kale McCarr.
1: The problem with Heiskanen is peripherals. He has zero shot bonuses and just two block bonuses on the season on DraftKings. That's not enough for me. Um, Tate, I think uh, this is a good uh, spot to use McCarr again. He's been playing a ton of minutes with all those defensemen injured, and I'll mention Nils Longfist. Uh, on the second power play unit for Dallas, like I said, Colorado power uh, penalty kill, not very good.
2: Vegas Golden Knights, Vancouver Canucks. Vegas has a 3.4 total. Canucks have a 3.1. Logan Thompson, probable. Thatcher Demko confirmed. Connor Garland, Bo Horvat, JT Miller, Kuzmenko, Patterson, Mikheyev. That means Hoglander down in the third line with Brock Besser and Sheldon Dries. Uh, status quo for the Golden Knights here. This is an interesting late hammer, and there isn't much ownership on either side. Uh, Vancouver, pretty reliant on the power play. Don't mind a one-off Brock Besser here. He's getting no ownership on the top power play at 4,500. I like coming back to Vegas one here. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, on the Vancouver side, I would say Besser is probably the only player I'm really interested in. Um, not a bad matchup against the third line from Vegas here. Vegas doesn't take a lot of penalties like, like St. Louis. They're one of the least penalized teams in the league, only two and a half time short-handed per game. And like you said, Vancouver is heavily reliant uh, on the power play. It has been better lately, but I don't think this is a really a great spot for the Vancouver power play. Um, so like, if like I yeah, one off best, I think makes sense against the third line from, the, from the golden Knights, but I'm not stacking anything from the Vancouver side. I agree with you. Um, back to the Vegas top line. Um, Mark Stone had a couple goals in the last game. Jack Eichel had an assist in the shot bonus. So not a great game, but not a terrible one. Um, the Vancouver top line has been playing better. Um, the Horvat Miller line, but Vegas top line is still one of the best top lines in the league. Um, Eichel still shooting a lot. They're still getting good minutes. Uh, Vegas won for me.
2: Yeah, I just, you know, I have no faith in Vancouver Blue Line or Demco at this moment. So, yeah, I do really like Vegas. On the Blue Line, Alex Petrangelo, 7300 I have a hard time getting there with Yossi and Dougie Hamilton in the same price range. So, probably not too much on either side. Maybe Ethan Bear.
1: Yeah, I would say maybe Braden McNabb because he can get some blocks. But I think there are other guys earlier in the slate we talked about, like Cody Ceci and Alexander Romanoff that I'd probably rather play.
2: Last game of the night, Ottawa Senators, 3.2 total, heading into San Jose. The Sharks have a 3.3. Talbot probable, Kakinen confirmed. The only other line that rivals the St. Louis Blues top line in ownership is the San Jose top line. This is a very good spot for them. I will say, on the flip side, there isn't much ownership on the Ottawa top line of Kachuk, Stutzla, Batherson. Uh Don't mind them. Also don't mind DeBruncat.
1: Yeah, I... I'll just mention San Jose 2 here because they have been playing reasonably well. Um, that couture Bear, Banoff nieto line, 3.2 expected goals four for 60 minutes. Now, they're only shooting 7%, so the actual goals haven't been there yet, but you get two of the three guys on the top power play unit. And Brassard and Debrinkat, their defensive numbers this year have been pretty bad. Um, they play very high event hockey, so I think, you know, a two-man of couture Bear, Banoff makes a lot of sense here. I... I agree with you on the Ottawa top line. I think it's not that bad of a spot, especially where Kapokkainen is expected to start and not James Rhymer. Um, I think Ottawa's top line is is one of those sneaky contrarian top lines um, that I would go to here tonight um, if you don't want to, you know, play the the much higher owned lines.
2: Yep, uh, Chabot is out, so Jake Sanderson top power play unit, Eric Brandstrom, twenty nine is fine, Carlson eighty three hundred.
1: Don't forget your boy, the Zoob, uh, played 21 minutes in his first game back. Uh, min Price min 2,500. He's one of my favorite min Price punts on the slate tonight.
2: Zooby-dooby-doo. Uh, who are you liking that tonight?
1: Uh, Jake Ottinger on both sites. Um, Elias Sorokin on DK for cheap. Carter Hart on DK for cheap. Uh, UC Saros and Jacob Markstrom on FanDuel.
2: Yeah, I will add in... Not much there. Stu Skinner, I will add.
1: Yeah, that's a good one.
2: Who are you liking as your hat trick pick?
1: I think this is the second time I've gone with him this year, and he completely fell on his face the first time. But let's see if if, uh, we can go one for two here. Jack Hughes, New Jersey Devils.
2: (sighs) I'm going to go Jordan Cairo, make it chalky. Um,
1: I mean, why not?
2: I was going to go Dougie Hamilton to be really spicy, so I'll just throw that out there. But I didn't want to go two devils. So for Slim, I'm your host, Josh Harris. We'll be back on Wednesday for a team game slate. And by the way, Team USA, girl! Uh, Canada, playing on Wednesday during the show. Good yeah, luck, everybody.
1: Good luck tonight, everyone. <laughs>